0: And welcome to I Hope I Can Make It Through, a Degrassi viewing podcast. I'm your veteran, Donnie.
1: I'm your neophyte, Frank.
0: And today we're taking a look at Degrassi The Next Generation, season six, episode four, Can't Hardly Wait. Uh, before we get into this episode, quick content warning. Uh, this episode features a lot of discussion of ableism, teenage sexuality, as well as teenage pregnancy. So as always, keep that in mind. Check the description to see what time things are coming up. Um, but of course, if you need a break, if you need to sit out, that is totally okay. Um, Frank, before we start discussing this episode, which, uh, before we get into anything, it should be noted, this is the last of our having to be re-recorded episodes. We uh, lost a couple, as we've discussed in previous episodes, but it's kind of nice. We got to re-watch the episode. We got to approach it with, uh, you know, after kind of mulling about it, I'm kind of excited. Um I don't know how you feel, Frank. I know we've done a couple of these, but I'm trying to be optimistic.
1: I mean, I was saying while we were watching it um, that, like, I'm, seeing, I'm thinking of new things that I didn't think their first time. Because the first time we watched this, I was just pissed off at Darcy. And now that I'm watching it again, I'm even more pissed off at Darcy. And, like, I, I, like there's some, like, you know, it, it's kind of like a shower argument thing. Where, like, you're in the shower thinking about a disagreement you had. You're like, fuck, I wish I said that. And I had one of those moments where I'm just like, fuck, I should have, like, brought that up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of nice being given a second chance in many ways. Um, I'm really appreciative of it. Even if, like, it sucked that we lost so many episodes in one fell swoop, at the same time, it is kind of nice to revisit this. Because this is an incredibly complicated Episode in terms of some of the topics that it's trying to portray But before we get into those discussions, Frank If you could please introduce our A-plot and our B-plot
1: The A-plot is um, Well, this is another one where it's kind of hard to figure out Which one was meant to be the A-plot And Mm -hmm. which one was meant to be the B-plot The A-plot is um, Ashley and Oh, my God. Jimmy. My <clears throat> Excuse me. My brain was just like, Ashley and Drake. I'm like, no, it's not Drake. Like, we just watched the episode. His name is Jimmy. Um, Ashley and Jimmy are having relationship troubles because um, Jimmy's body is not uh, responding the way he wants it to. He cannot get an erection. Um, I don't know why I flowered it up, just to say he can't get an erection. Um, and they're trying to make it work. Um but Jimmy is just far too stressed out. Uh, meanwhile, um, Darcy and stop thinking of their actual names. Manny <laughs> um, are Darcy and Manny are having tryouts for new cheerleaders. They get a perfect one in Mia Jones, but
0: uh oh,
1: there is a problem that Darcy sees, but Manny does
0: not. Yeah, um, I'm feeling we just do go through the whole episode together, especially because I feel like these plots got, like, pretty balanced screen time. I agree, it's it's kind of hard sometimes to pick up on which one was the A and which one was the B. If Like, the only reason why I know the A plot is the A plot is because structure-wise, it's the opening scene and it's the closing scene. But there's a lot of weight being given to both, and I think they're both introducing some um, complicated fucking topics um, but I don't know how you feel about it.
1: I mean, I honestly, I, like, i the more episodes we do, I'm starting to feel like the A, B plot separation thing just isn't really working anymore because it's just, now the episodes are just so streamlined that it's not <laughs> just like, we're not going like hard smash to a completely different thing. Like this one yeah. had some tonal shifts in it. But it was just because of the poor writing of Degrassi sometimes, not just because, like, you know, one, one, the B-plot was, like, JT has a boner pump. Like, the, and, like, you know, somebody's considering, like, I don't know, stealing a car.
0: (laughs) It's true, though. It's, I feel like in, and this is, like, worth discussing in general, so, like, I don't mind having this (laughs) discussion before we even get to the plot, but, like, I feel like in the earlier seasons, there was more of a pronounced effort to maintain separate spaces for, like, younger, you know, the younger grades and the older grades. Now it kind of feels a little more blurred together. Now, I think that it also complements the way that the plots have been going, right? Because back in, back in like, the old school Degrassi, there was a lot more education-focused um, Plots, meaning that there was a lot more plots that they were like in class or having an issue with the teacher and things like that. And that's where you really have grade experience be so pronounced. But if you're in a student run organization like theater, like spirit squad, like sports, um, I've noticed both as a student and both as a teacher that the relationship dynamics between upperclassmen and underclassmen get pretty. um, They just don't stress as much about who is in which grade. lot of the time so it kind of makes sense that as we're going into this newer version of degrassi and the stories are way more relationship based um less based on like student experience that we're kind of running into this thing where the a plot and b plot aren't as jarring because a plot featuring craig is not going to be developmentally at a very different spot than a plot featuring emma at this point yeah Unless it's the college stuff, which we talked about, and I'm sorry, I'm trying to wrestle Dalia, she's being impossible right now, but like it's not like the co- it's not an episode with a college plot, which just feels very 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 out of place.
1: <laughs> listeners, what you can't see was Donnie like holding Dalia basically just under the front legs um <laughs> and Dahlia just kind of taking it, yeah, just being like whatever. <laughs>
0: In my defense, Dahlia is twelve. Oh, she's back. Okay. In my defense, Dahlia is twelve pounds, and I am very small. So a lot of the time, yeah, she's glaring at me. She's embarrassed. It's it's fine. You're just a huge cat, but she's very unwieldy, um, and I love her. But uh, well, she's gonna roll on the keyboard, and we're gonna hope that nothing bad happens. Okay. Anyway, at least she's still. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm revealing all her secrets, but she'll get over it. Um if my mic sounds weird, it's because I now, my now twelve pound cat is lying on the keyboard and purring. But
1: <laughs> okay, let's let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, let's get
0: into it well well, while well, she's satiated. So um our episode opens up with um, what is we're assuming the a plot um which is um, We're at the park, and Ashley is uh, talking with Jimmy, and there's a bit of um, talk about Jimmy's creative efforts. Um, He's continued art. Uh, This is a concept that we've seen happen, um, really, as he's trying to form his identity since the shooting. Um, And they talk about how he designed the logo on the T-shirt and how they're flipping through his sketchbook. Um, and Ashley is upset because she notices that there is a portrait of Hazel. However, um, Jimmy does not have a portrait done of Ashley. Now, I do appreciate this consistency because I think that this, this complements the issue that they had when they got back together, um, a while back and like she was really upset that there wasn't like a picture of her in the locker that was like up to date, um, I like that we're we're seeing more of that kind of jealousy and insecurity with her. Like again, I, I'm always in awe of how consistently written she is.
1: Yeah, it's just it's honestly just kind of easy to write her that way. Yeah, like <laughs> in, the, in the words of um, Super Kami um super comic kind of guru every party needs a pooper that's why we invited you
0: yeah she is it's it's interesting i find actually interesting the sense of like if i was to rank characters i wouldn't actually rank her that low i don't think she'd be top tier but i would probably put her in the middle range because it's like even if she is technically kind of more of a party pooper and she's prone to being jealous and she's prone to like a lot of those types of of behaviors I appreciate that she's like a very consistently written teenage girl.
1: Yes, um, I will. I definitely agree with that because it's just like everybody knew this girl. Everybody yes. knew it Ashley when they were yes. growing up.
0: Absolutely, she's she's so familiar for me, um, both as a teacher and a student. Many, many moons ago that I I kind of have developed, especially while doing the podcast, like I've developed this soft spot for her. Um, and so Jimmy, you know, is like, oh, yeah, don't worry. Like, you know, he he's he's totally in, into the idea of drawing some drawing a portrait of her um, and they get a little flirty. Um, and of course, after the flirtiness kind of concludes, we have Jimmy. Uh, fretting and looking down at his fucking crotch and that is your indicator to know that this is going to be an episode about erectile dysfunction which before we get into this i do want to say that i think that this is a worthwhile topic this is by no means me saying that like degrassi shouldn't have gone gone there where we're using the language because i think that is a real issue um like, how intimacy looks when you are disabled and how it does not necessarily look like how um, sex education frames it and and um, how a lot of folks talk about it. Um, it's just totally, this plot is a little fucking wacky. And I feel like if they just chose a fucking tone um, and probably didn't open in such, like, a weird kind of, like, gawky way about it, it might have gone a little better.
1: Well, it... it... Isn't it, it like, this is the woman sadly pulling a calendar page off of, like, the calendar opening of, a, of an episode. Like, meaningful look at crotch. Okay, we know what we're going, like, this is such shorthand. Right, um, right. All right, so we got our opening. Um, Marco walks away from us in his hoodie. Um, <laughs> and um, we see Manny at her locker.
0: Um, well, no, not yet, because we got to have our actually delightful scene with Spinner.
1: Yes. Okay. Um, this,
0: this scene's much. Honestly, I will say this scene. I was quite. I was weirdly charmed by Spinner.
1: It's because Spinner's being trying to be gentle, and honestly, yeah. honestly, we've seen trying to do the right thing, be gentle, Spinner before, and it's that's. This is the Spinner that I await, like that. I felt like I fell for in the beginning.
0: Yes. Like, yes.
1: You know, this is our sweet tender tender pool. It's been a long day at work. This is <laughs> our sweet tender chunkhead spinner. Um,
0: it, it is. It is.
1: You know the 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 bad at it bully, the like the guy who's just trying to do the right thing, best spinner. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And um, so. He's just like, so Darcy and I had the movies last night. Um, and just be like, yeah, we were rocking the back the back row. And Jimmy's like, Oh, congrats. You like uh, you got somewhere and Smith's like, No man, only my dreams. Um, and he brings up he's jealous of Jimmy and Ashley. Uh, he's like, At least you have a sex life. And um, Jimmy's just like, yeah, nothing happened in downtown. Um, and, let's see, um, it, it features me, Jimmy, me and you are friends, but we're also guys, ergo, we do not talk about our sex lives, okay? Spinner, hair grow, at least you have something to not talk about.
0: Yeah, there's, like, a very, uh... Yeah, it's very vintage Spinner, and I really appreciate it in that sense. But I also appreciate that, like, it's, it's a good portrayal of, like, somebody acknowledging that they do not have the same life experience, but are still trying to, like, cobble together something authentic and, like, trying to make space for a friend. And I really appreciated seeing it in that sense. Um, it felt like an actual, it felt like pretty close to an actual conversation, which I feel like we have been so far away from in Degrassi. Um, and Spinner admits, like, in it, he, like, doesn't know what to say. But, like, probably the best thing that he can say, and I think is also, like, pretty solid advice, is kind of, like, you can't force this. Like, you kind of just have to relax. You you have to just kind of, you know, do do this moment by moment. Um, and if you try and force it, it's probably not going to happen. And I think that that's really good advice to give, not just Jimmy um, and in the circumstance that he's in, but also just kind of for youth in general um, when it comes to when is the right time for sexual activity. And the answer really is that whole are you comfortable? Do you not feel like you're performing under pressure doing this? Do you just feel like you know this is like a good time to do it? Um, so I think that while we also factor in that DeGrassi does have agenda writing a lot of the time, in many ways this this is a an agenda I can agree with.
1: Yeah, it just it, it, this is the point where we see the conversation jump into the air, and boy oh boy, is it not going to make its landing. <laughs>
0: no it's not but i i appreciated this moment for sure um but then we do go to the hallway um we have darcy and manny talking um and darcy is trying to apologize uh for for the past year um because she wants something from manny uh which is specifically that she wants her to uh But join her for Spirit Squad. uh, Because she has a vision of how she wants this coming year to look like. And she understands that she can't achieve the vision herself. So she is going to seek help from Manny. Because Manny is fucking talented and great. Um, And I... uh, I just... I love Manny so much. And I hate having to watch season after season of her being disrespected.
1: Like... Yeah, and, like, she, she even talks, Darcy even talks to Manny, like, in the same patronizing way of, like, I'm going to quote scripture at you, Mm -hmm. um, and says, if your sister sins, rebuke her, if she repents, forgive her, Luke chapter 7, um,
0: it's just such a, I don't know, I just have a real gripe with like the progression of Darcy as a character and I feel like this episode really embodies a lot of my frustrations with her at this entity because I feel like for for a while she was an attempt at a nuanced Christian character and like, you know, was there friction? Were there times that she was aligned with people who were shitty and like overly conservative? Sure! But was there also, like, moments where she tried to push against it, or she tried to bring up, like, hey, like, this isn't, you know, necessarily the right way to interpret the text? Like, I like that she did that. I like that she didn't always do the right thing, but she was, like, trying. But now she's clearly just being angled as this kind of, like, this adversary, uh, this condescending figure. And I think I'm looking at this, I'm curious to hear what, younger viewers feel about characters like this because when i see characters like this i'm fucking exhausted but that's because like she as much as i don't like her on the show and i don't like her descent on the show she is very similar to a lot of people i had issues with in high school so i'm curious like how younger folks feel about her because like i don't know how much she resonates in a good way or a bad way at this point Uh, Like, uh, if somebody was a couple years younger watching the show.
1: I mean, I honestly feel like at this point, she's such a remnant of a bygone era. Mm -hmm. Like, she's not just, like... I feel a reflection of the, like, Christian revitalization we had after 9-11. But she's also just, like... She feels like she comes from a different generation entirely. Um. And I was just rereading that entire exchange. Darcy doesn't actually say the words I'm sorry. Like she she asks for forgiveness, but she doesn't repent.
0: Yep. That's a good that's a good catch. That's a really good catch. I'm not surprised. Um and it's like it's also tough because it's like one of those things where like we can identify it, but I also don't blame Manny for jumping on board. Like, right? Like sp- Spirit squad was something that made her happy and it was something that she enjoyed even when she you know even early on in the in the whole fucking season when she in the series when she's butting heads with Paige it's something she's good at it's something that she enjoys and I understand that even if she's not being treated great she is seeing it as an opportunity nonetheless so like I, I feel for her a whole lot and like I, I totally I totally understand and why she would just be like, yeah, sure, okay, like, let's go. Like, I want to be back.
1: Um, My thing is, with the way Darcy talks, is I'm just reminded so much of um, the show The Bachelor.
0: Yes, go on.
1: Because, like, in The Bachelor, um, my favorite thing was the non-committal I love yous, where it's just, like, people would say, like, I'm starting to fall in love with you. Yeah. Or, or I'm learning how I'm learning how to fall in love with you, but yes. not actually saying I'm in love with you because like nobody wants to hit with that one in this stupid reality show. Um. So yeah, <laughs> um, because like she says, I'm trying to apologize. That's not an apology. <laughs> you don't try. Do, do or do not. There is no try. Says Yoda. You're right. So.
0: Yeah. No, I <laughs> I'm starting to fall in love with you.
1: I just now I just imagine the man like Darcy lecturing the Mandalorian, being like, That's not your child. That thing was probably born out of wedlock. Ah! <laughs> and the Mandalorian being like, I'm gonna put an entire galaxy between myself and you.
0: <laughs> no.
1: Come along, my adorable child. <laughs> December's over. The, the time of the baby Grinch has passed.
0: <laughs> I guess you're right. Like it's, we've had three Kings Day, so technically Christmas season is over. Which means, yeah, it's true. I have to relinquish baby Grinch season and allow baby Yoda. I do not know what Yoda... I know baby Yoda has a name, but I've not watched *The Mandalorian*. But I, you know, whatever, whatever their name is, it's it's their time now.
1: I'm going to cut this out cuz it's still kind of new. Uh the baby's name is Grogu.
0: Grogu. Okay. Grogu season. It's Grogu season now. I will I will relinquish control.
1: Um so speaking of Christmas real quick, um I was listening to a podcast where somebody was talking about how um I this is not something I had in my family. The the dinner of seven fishes or whatever. You didn't
0: do the feast of seven fishes?
1: No, I didn't we didn't give a shit. Really? <laughs>
0: No, that was like the big fucking deal. Like, that was the big deal. Um, uh, it's, it was such a big deal that when my car fucking died, I was so upset because I was planning on going to H Mart to get some fish for the Feast of Seven Fishes because I was going to make like my own. Um, and I was really upset about it. Um, and, uh, if this ends up on air or not, I'm not embarrassed. Anyway, um, I, uh, was very, like, distraught about it, and I was telling, um, my, my boyfriend about it, and he was, like, okay, he's, like, I've never heard of this, because he, he's not Italian, and I was, like, okay, well, you know, it's a, it's a feast, and, you know, there's, like, and I was, like, explaining all of it, and, like, he, he was, like, okay, um, and he's, like, well, I instacarted you something, and I was, like, what, and he's, like, it arrived, and when I checked, it was fish to make my own Feast of Seven Fishes. So
1: cute!
0: (laughs) It was the sweetest gesture like, I've ever had. He's like, yeah, I had to research it to see, like, what to give you, but, like, I gave you some stuff, and I hope, like, you know, I hope it's enough. I was just like, I was literally crying. It was the sweetest thing.
1: Um, okay, but, uh, I, I don't want to sound dismissive, but, like, um, like, the, on the podcast, they were talking about how they do, like, an alternative Feast of Seven Fishes, where they keep trying to find, like, uh, not more outrageous, but, like, more loosely defined concepts for the Seven Fishes. So somebody brought, okay. a su- somebody brought like, a sushi platter.
0: That works. That's fair.
1: <laughs> and they're just like, wow, that's, like, most of the fishes right there, because you're going to have, like, a bunch. <laughs> well,
0: that's, like... <laughs> If you look up, like, the traditional fishes, like, some of them are hard sells. Like, if you want to do the traditional Feast of Seven Fishes, there's a couple that are, like, like smelts. Like, I don't really want to eat smelts. Like, I understand people like them. I respect that. It's not really what I'm into. So, like, it's slowly, especially in more, like, con- like you know, more uh, uh, American on the Italian-American spectrum... Um, it, it quickly becomes, these are fish and seafood I like. So it becomes, like, we're gonna have shrimp, and we're gonna have, uh, calamari, and we are going to have, um, uh, we're gonna have tilapia, and we're gonna, like, it just ends up being just, like, like, you hit seven, but it's if you count mussels, and if you count clams, and if you count, like, like, I, I, I'm a big fan of that. So, yeah, I would, I would want to know ahead of time if someone was coming in with a sushi platter. But, like, if someone, especially if they were an Italian, they wanted to humor me and do a Feast of Seven Fishes, they went, hey, I, I brought in a sushi plier. Like, I'd be fine with it. You
1: know what? Next year, Donnie, like, fuck it. Well, not next year. Like, next Christmas. Like, we're let's go all out. Let's have a f- fucking Feast of Seven Fishes.
0: Yeah. But, but, asterisk, the fish we like.
1: Yeah, fish we like, and once we're backed up. Okay. Yeah. Let's keep it going. All um, right. Um, right. so Jimmy is, we cut to Jimmy at Physio. Yeah. Um. Is a therapist who is seems super nice. Yeah, um, super supportive. Yeah, is getting ready to give him some um, some stretches, and he has a boner, and it's very obvious because he is wearing sweatpants. Um,
0: Gray sweatpants, no less.
1: I mean, <laughs> no, no dude in high school ever wore non-gray sweatpants.
0: Yeah, and, our, and that back in that back in that day, yeah. yeah.
1: So he covers up his crotch of a newspaper, and he's just like, "All right, cool." Um, and we get the joke. Uh, I I think I'm gonna keep stretching this one. I'm feeling a little stiff. Heyo. It's just,
0: it's just like I feel like there is this, and I think we talked about this last time we recorded, um, which I guess doesn't matter to anybody because they didn't hear it. Um, I feel like there is this issue with Degrassi where it's, like, there's a version of this that may have, that has humor. Like, there's a version of this plot that has humor, but, like, it doesn't lean on, like, you know, that kind of shit. But it just feels like the Degrassi writers, like, as soon as, like, a penis is involved, like, they just revert back to, like, that kind of, like, eighty schlocky humor. Like, way too comfortably.
1: I mean, yeah, like, I think... All right, I'm going to stop trying to say in the last time we recorded this, because like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to quit living in the past. Right. Um, but it's just like, I feel like there's a version of this where every time a boner is mentioned or happens, there's a slide whistle.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but it's true, though. It's like, again, I'm not saying that this plot has to be super depressing, but I am saying that it's... It's hard to um it's hard for me to believe that they're trying to be sensitive if like the the jokes themselves are kinda like that this really like overt type thing. Now, I would give a pass in like the Spinner and Jimmy conversation because like Spinner is a fucking tender chunk head. Like, of course he's gonna make dick jokes. Like that makes sense. But, you know, little like the the exaggerated physical comedy of, of this moment. Um, and like the exaggerated, like looking down at the crotch of the first scene of it, it's like, this could have been redone a little bit. Um, but the, the, the takeaway of this scene is regardless of how it's executed, Jimmy feels like excited and proud of himself because this confirms that, you know, his, his dick can get hard for lack of better terms.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: then we end up in the hallway, and he's high-fiving people. And again, it's like, uh, I I don't know. I'm very at odds with this, but I also don't quite know how to... Um, I don't have, like, an exact solution for how this could be better. But I just wish... I feel like, again, I think it's, like, a tonal issue. Because, like, I think that there's, like, moments that are very sincere. And then there's moments where it's super exaggerated like this. And I just kind of wish they found that nice, sweet spot that balanced it all. But, yeah, he's, like, high-fiving... He thanks Spinner for the advice. The exchange is kind of... Um, I kind of like the exchange a little bit. Um, because, like, they kind of are, like, dancing around the topic. Because they're in a hallway. Like, you know, there's other people that are nearby. Um, and then Ashley approaches. Spinner kind of, like, does, like, the old, like, hey, like, she's coming. Well,
1: um, I, and, mm? I'm sorry to interrupt. I do like his line here. Um <laughs> Uh, fuck. Where is it? Oh no, no way. Oh, uh, here comes just the person you share with. Catch you later.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I like that. Like again, I think this is the most I've really enjoyed Jimmy and uh, Spinner as friends. Like of the whole entire series. Um, they they are bouncing off of each other in a way that's very authentic. Um, I believe that they actually care about each other. Um, and that there is that humor that is involved. Um, as Ashley. Uh, Appears And Jimmy then asks her um, Asks her to go out on a date
1: Yeah Um, We cut to uh, Spirit squad tryouts Yeah I like that um, uh, I like that the the transcript just says Every girl that tries out is horrible
0: Yeah they're not that good Manny and Darcy are like getting really uh, Discouraged by it um, and then Mia comes on, and she does everything, like, really, really well. She she has, like, the energy for it. She has the cheer memorized. She can do a split. Like, she seems to be the full package. Um, and she seems to click really well with Manny and Darcy. And um, there's a lot of excitement about potentially having her on the team.
1: Yeah. Um, they tell her to meet at the dot at 8. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, meanwhile, at the sushi restaurant, um, Jimmy shows Ashley a picture he drew of her, and I mentioned, this isn't any, like, I'm not trying to, like, you know, say anything about the actress's looks, but, like, this drawing has the deadest eyes I've ever seen.
0: It really does, though. There's not very much going on there. It's just not the best uh, artistic interpretation Um, and...
1: This is very clearly, oh, fuck, I forgot to do that thing Sunday night. We're filming tomorrow. uh,
0: (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's just like a very traditional, like, black and white pencil, like, graphite sketch. Um, Regardless of what we think about it, Ashley is touched by it. Um, My question is, um, and call me a bit of a jerk about this, but why, again... Is the portrait featuring like an older look? It's like the first time around, Jimmy was putting in an older picture of, of Ashley because he liked her look in there at that moment. And then you have um, this situation where she, uh, where her portrait is also older. And it's just like, can we just, like, why couldn't we have a reference of her now? <laughs> like, it would have been nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, it could have been, like, the only picture he had.
0: I mean, yeah, I know, I know. There's not really, it's not really anything uh, to, that I'm particularly, like, mad about. It's just kind of like, oh, this is like, this was an issue before. Um, But again, it's, I'm not faulting the writers or anything like that for that. It's just probably just whatever, whatever photo they had on reference, and that artist was going to draw, and that's fine.
1: Yeah. Um. So, um, and he mentions, "Oh, uh, my parents are gonna be out." Classic. Um.
0: Wink, wink, wonk.
1: Um. Meanwhile, cut to the dot. Darcy and Manny are um like talking about how like they're gonna go to Champions. They're gonna go to the, the metro cheerleading competition and get the trophy that's mi- missing from yep. DeGrassi's uh, cheerleading or from DeGrassi's trophy case. Um, and Darcy's like really pumped. She's like, "Like Mia's our new secret weapon." And Mia comes in holding a adorable little girl yeah. and says, "This is my daughter Isabella. Uh, meet Manny and Darcy." Manny, of course, is super pumped because Manny fucking loves babies. <laughs>
0: She's, like, really into it. She's, like, super, super cute about it and, like, really excited. And you just see, like, the rain cloud forming over Darcy's head.
1: Yes, because Darcy does not care for fornicators.
0: Out of wedlock. Oh my God. Jesus, um, Christ, Darcy. <laughs> Uh, we end up back at Jimmy's house, uh, Jimmy's house is shockingly not on fire, even though there are so many fucking candles, which, again, I'm, like, I, I'm so curious about the logistics of, like, like, whenever any situation has, like, a zillion candles, it's just, like, I just imagine Jimmy just, like, lighting this shit and, like, trying to set them up around the apartment and just, like, oh, man, what a fire hazard, um,
1: well, it's just, like, I always think about those romantic nights, like, where somebody's, like, I spread rose petals on the bed, and I have some champagne cooling, and, like, there's a thousand fucking candles, and I'm just like, what about the next morning, where you're um, scraping scraping off, wet, like, candle wax, and hope you didn't fall asleep, like, and, you know, burn down your house. Also, you have to pick up all these fucking rose petals, and there's a half bottle of warm champagne nobody's gonna drink.
0: It's, it's. It's, like, one of those tropes that, like, I don't entirely know where they came from. I'm sure I could look it up and try and see, like, approximately where it comes from. But it's just, like, I feel like even when I was a kid, I would watch it. And I'd be like, why? Why are you doing all that? <laughs> well,
1: my my thing was always, like, um, food in the bedroom. Because I'd just be like, why would... Because, like, if somebody brought food into the bedroom, you know where my priorities lie. That's fair. <laughs> And be like, we could, but there's that pizza.
0: <laughs> pizza during a make you know what? People definitely do that. I-, I-, I forgot about how many people put on Tinder like pizza is their personality and I'm like, Yeah, those people definitely fuck with a box of pizza nearby.
1: I like I was watching some movie where it's just like this girl was waiting for like a boy to show up and she was like wearing shorts and a tank top. She's like and he got there, she's like, I ordered pizza. I was like, if I showed up to a girl's house and she was dressed like that and said I ordered pizza, I'd fall in love. Like it doesn't take much.
0: Aw. That's good to know though.
1: Um you might notice we're quibbling a bit. I think it's because neither of us wants to talk about the scene.
0: So yeah, so let's get to it. Ashley comes down the stairs and she's like totally like in in like, you know, lingerie situation.
1: Oh and my, sorry, I just remembered something else I brought up after we finished recording <laughs> the, the the original episode of this. Yeah. So I was like, how did they like this is the this is the most risque thing we've seen in this show yeah. so
0: far. It is.
1: And I'm just like, why is this happening? Like, I, neither of us, both of us are so uncomfortable watching this scene. Mm -hmm. Both the first time we watched it and the second time. And I'm like, why is this happening now? And I'm like, let me look something up real quick. And it's because Melissa McIntyre, at this point in her life, when they're shooting this, is 21. So they can get away with it.
0: Yeah, it's, so I have a lot of thoughts about this. Because it did feel like watching it, it was like a turning point uncomfortably so it was a turning point in the series so because like let's be real sex is a thing that's been in Degrassi it's it's existed it's never you know it's never not been um but it's always been a distant thing we knew characters had sex but we didn't really see it or it pulled away or and and I want to be clear, like, I, as a viewer who is an adult, and as a kid, was fine with this. As a kid, I was not very comfortable with sexuality. I was, um, you know, a closeted kid and raised Catholic. And you put that together, like, seeing a naked body is terrifying, including your own. Um, and as an adult, my point of view is more leaning in on the idea of, um, you know i you know i'm not watching this to titillate right like i i feel this way about a lot of ya media where it's like i want characters to discuss sex because that is a part of the experience but i don't necessarily want to see a sex scene i don't want to see like you know i don't want to see something that's supposed to be trying to get you off like that's gross it's teenagers having sex i'm not interested um i'm not the target audience um and What's particularly jarring, because we were watching this, and we were like, why is this so jarring? Because I admitted when we were watching the episode that if Degrassi was a case of, like, it was like a CW show, right? Where it's like, if you watch Riverdale, you know that you're going to be seeing, like, you know, sexy shit. Like, you know you're going to be seeing it in a lot of teen media, because that's how it's framed from the jump. That's how, like, you know, a lot of the actors are well over like you know the legal age that they can have sex and things like that so you're like kind of used to it you're, you're you you get you know you're you know what you're getting into and as frank pointed out degrassi is different because we have seen these kids grow up and that's not even like a you know an exaggeration like the degrassi's scope as a show is far wider than a lot of other teen media because it starts in middle school You see them in middle school. And I guess this is a similar issue to, um, I think this also happened with, if I recall, like, Game of Thrones. When, like, characters became sexually active that you saw, like, kind of grow up. And it is very jarring. Um, I would say, I would argue that it's less so in Game of Thrones because it's already a very, there's a lot of sexuality very explicitly shown in Game of Thrones. Meanwhile, in Degrassi, you're going from everything is fade to black, everything the camera pulls away. Yes, characters have sex, but we're not showing it. To this moment, bam, you have Ashley standing there in full, like, a lingerie set and, like, an oversized collar shirt. It's so jarringly provocative after six seasons of the camera pulling away the last second.
1: I mean, I don't think we've ever seen this uh, this much I, there's no other way for me to put it. this much skin on a character before yeah. this
0: like well, we've seen like, yeah, we've seen kids in bathing suits and things like that, but seeing them, like they're actually like embracing Jimmy's shirtless, like she's in her lingerie. like it's a lot of fucking skin. Which after six seasons, it's a lot to kind of process, and it's it's a weird challenge that I don't really know. I don't know how you transition it. It feels like it's so abrupt, but I don't know if there was a way to shift the tone. But it also feels like we went from Manny taking off, you know, having the whole like um getting coerced to take off her top, and the camera always kind of cutting off beca- before there was too much skin exposed. To us having the camera really focus on Ashley, you know, in, in this. Having the camera really focus on her and Jimmy and, like, having a lot of skin involved. It, it was just, yeah, it's just a lot. And I think if it was a different series, I probably wouldn't even give very much of a thought. But because it's Degrassi and I've watched these kids grow up but I. And it's not even just that but I feel like it's just the way that sex was handled for six seasons prior for five seasons prior was so different like that I think is the part I'm having a difficult time wrapping my head around it's just the fact that the concepts approach is now jarringly different at this exact moment it it was a bit rough to make sense of
1: yeah I'm trying
0: not to talk about this as a Puritan because I should be clear that like I am okay with, you know, media talking about sex. I am okay with adult targeted media having explicit sex scenes. I'm like, you know, I you know, I'm somebody who literally writes erotica. But there's something about the way that we went from kind of zero to sixty in terms of how sexuality is portrayed on the show, to be a bit like a huh, okay moment for me.
1: I mean, there was a bunch of people who, like, you know, the Game of, Game of Thrones thing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, towards the end of that series, Maisie Williams has a nude nude scene, and it's, like, everyone's just like, oh, no! And it's just like, she's, like, I think 21, but we, still, that is like, the same thing, it's just like, I forget what, how old she was when that show started, but, like... We saw, Maisie, yeah, we saw Maisie, yeah. We saw Maisy Williams grow up, and it's just like uh, it was terrible. Yeah, ninety-seven uh, Game of Thrones. She was fourteen when that yeah. show started. Yeah. No, no, thank you. <laughs> like, and she talks like she actually talked about that, Donnie. Yeah, she did. Uh, oh, sorry. Your your th- your thing froze. Your like video froze. <laughs> And I'm just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but no, okay. be, I think since I'm we're going... Here. Yeah, she talked about it where she's just like, we discussed this, the director and me, like, my comfort level, what I was willing to do, and like, this is... I've, you know, she's like, this is something I wanted to do. like, Because right. it's before the a final battle, or whatever. Mm-hmm. um, And she's just like, this is what the character would do. It makes sense to me. This isn't just I'm getting naked for no good goddamn reason. you don't actually see anything. But it's just, like, I, but now, like, now I'm like, yeah, that was, that disturbed me. This disturbs me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I should be clear. I think that an adult feeling weird after seeing a, uh, you know, a kid grow up on a TV show is probably the right reaction, right? Like, that's the reaction you should have, like... I feel like that is you being responsible. Like you shouldn't want that. You know, you shouldn't really want to see that. Um, I think in Game of Thrones you can kind of, you know, from a, a tonal perspective, it makes a little bit more sense because again, it's a show that has a lot more nudity and sex scenes and that are pretty explicit and shit. Like I haven't seen season season three, but I'm, I know there's a lot of titties on that show. But um, you know, it's a it's a show that. It, it fits a little more in Degrassi it's more um, a more of a smack in the face because again all of your characters have been pretty small and sex has always been pretty consistently approached in a more um off camera way and going from like off camera to this it was like whoa, man there's a turn this is a turn the,
1: the, this is like this is like an anime like time skip where it's just like fucking if, if like fruits basket ended and then like it was like fruits basket restart and tour honda has like a scar on her cheek and is like wearing an eye patch and is suddenly like really mean and you're like what the fuck happened <laughs>
0: like, yeah it's it's very um it's a bit disorienting it's I a watch, bit disorienting
1: i watched Degrassi for not great writing for kids dealing with real problems I don't watch it because it's like I don't watch it because it's Riverdale. I watch Riverdale for Riverdale, I watch Degrassi for Degrassi. Yeah. It's, like, I,
0: it's yeah. It,
1: like I could kind of see Paige saying, Hey, Hello, Mr oh, Fuck, what's the name? name is Archie's Dad? Hello, Archie's dad. You're looking very dilfy today. I could kind of see could her see saying kind of see her saying that, but I'd still be like, Paige, no. Cheryl Blossom on the other hand, I'm like, that's something Cheryl Blossom would say. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it's a very precarious situation. Um, and it, I, I, I'm also curious, like, where that push came from. Like, did it need it? And I, I guess, like, I understand why it kind of becomes like, well, fuck it. Like, we can. Like, you know, they're old enough. Um, but I, I don't know. Again, I, I'm curious how other people feel. Because I know I can only speak from my perspective growing up. But, like, when I was growing up, like, I was embarrassed to see sex scenes in anything and like you know i i kind of i think that's why i liked degrassi so much and why i kind of like latched on to degrassi so much was because it did approach things in a way that was um more comfortable for a younger age group um i just i don't know It it's a very conscious change and i i would be curious to see more of like the the mindset for it. And again, I want to be like really really clear. I'm trying not to, um, sound super negative towards sex or toward sex in media. Um, I'm trying to like toe that line very well. And I'm I'm sure I you know I might have misspoke a little bit in this conversation. My my issue is not that. My issue is definitely the the shift that goes through Degrassi. Um, to begin to include this and in how it is, even if it's something that technically, yeah, okay, I want to see media that talks about sexuality because it is a real thing that happens in the teen experience. Man, it's still a lot to get used to as a viewer. Okay,
1: so, so I think for for me, this is gonna be my final word on it, because I feel like we've talked about this for like twenty minutes. Yeah, um, my final word on it is, I don't have a problem with sex. I don't have a problem with these characters being sexual beings. Like I don't have a problem with sex in teen media. My problem, part of my problem with this is it does, for me, it does feel a bit gratuitous.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like she could have just come in. She could just come in with the, she. she's wearing the oversized button down shirt. Like, you know, and the the lingerie said, she could have just been wearing that. Like, and like but, but, like, buttoned up, you know? Like, that's still... Whatever. But, like... It, my, for me, my... Besides what I've... I, I feel like I've I've said what I've said, you know? That, like, we grew up... not we didn't grow up. We watched these characters grow up, and that makes it a bit uncomfortable. But also, that... I don't have enough faith in the the creators of Degrassi for this. Mm,
0: mm -hmm.
1: Like that is my other issue is that Degrassi has shown itself to be really shitty about gender and race. And we have from the, from, you know, Hazel's mouth from Hazel's actress, from her mouth to our ears that they were not great about race and not giving her roles. So why would I think, because this is pre me too movement TV.
0: Mm, mm -hmm.
1: Like, you know, this is, like, you're going to do this, or else you're just going to be off the show. Like, we, you do not have that much as much autonomy as you do now. I'm still saying it, it needs work now. But, mm-hmm. like, I don't have enough faith in them. Like, I don't have, like... And considering most of McIntyre just quit acting after this, I don't think it's because of this. I'm not going to try and, you know, figure that out. But, like, I don't know like the whole thing just feels iffy to me because it doesn't feel like it needs to be there like that. And that's my final word on it. And I might be just projecting or whatever, but that that's kind of my thing is I don't feel comfortable with the Degrassi writers like, <clears throat> or the, and the Degrassi directors because they've burned people in the past. Like, you know, I I can't like, I can't feel it that way.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, so. And, like, regardless of this whole entire setup, the end of the scene is just the two of them, you know, trying to be intimate and Jimmy not being able to get hard. Um, And it's, like, a weird thing where it's, like, he, you know, he's, like, shutting down but then he's, like, kicking her out and she's kind of, like, really confused. Um, And I think that it's just a matter of I just, like, I feel like tonal shifts are really hard in this episode um, for this plot. And I think that it's another example of a tonal tonal shift that just doesn't quite land. Um, because Jimmy is clearly very upset about this development. Um, he clearly is, like, going through a lot trying to process this. Um, but it's just, like, a very odd um, exchange that happens before the scene ends.
1: Yeah. So
0: um... so we're back at the hallway. Jimmy approaches Ashley. Um, and Ashley is like very sympathetic to the fact that Jimmy is struggling with this. Um, but trying to be clear, like her issue here is really not the fact that he, um, you know, he couldn't get hard. It's the fact that she got kicked out. Um, and Jimmy is trying his best to make it work um and ashley you know being very proactive and a bit annoyingly so you know is talking about like research and things like that and jimmy says that you know don't worry about like he has a doctor's appointment that he's going to try and figure this out
1: i honestly feel like this is a class like the this is a classic example of I, I remember at one point I got sniffed at by my sister because my sister was upset and I was trying to fix her problems. To which my mom responded, Your sister does not need a solution. She just needs somebody to listen to you. Somebody to listen. And I feel like that's what both of these characters are doing. They keep trying to find solutions, they just need to fucking talk.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, they're, there's really a, a feeling of they're talking at each other. Um, and. Again, I think that um, it's just the weight I feel like is really off, and the tone is really off in this plot because I think that if it focused more on the two of them as a relationship dynamic um, and structured more on this like miscommunication but this wanting to support each other, I think it would have been far more compelling. But, again, the episode starts in kind of, like, a comical way, and then it's getting more into this relationship drama piece, and it's just, like, it's really hard to kind of bridge the beginning of the episode with this back end of the episode. Yeah. But it's it's the way that it goes. Them's it the breaks here at Degrassi. Um, we're at the gym. We're, we're at the gym again for the other plot. And Manny is... Uh, going through the, um, you know, various, uh, routines, and, I mean, Darcy decides that she's just gonna haze Mia. I really, like, I feel like there's no other way around it. Um, she makes her come up to the front, she makes her do a bunch of exercise, like, a bunch of, like, exercise techniques, um, when she doesn't do a toe touch quite to the ability that Darcy thinks that she should as an absolutely perfect, she like makes a note about it and makes a verbal like observation of how it's not the best. Um, and Manny confronts her about it and is like really concerned because this is inappropriate behavior. Um, it's and you're in we see the divide take over in terms of Manny, who thinks Mia's great and there's no real reason to, you know, to hold anything against her because she knows her shit versus um, Darcy, who is having a moral conundrum about this.
1: Yeah. Um, Darcy's continuing to be the worst. Yes. So... Um, go uh, with the doctor. Yeah, and it's kind of a we we're kind of reaching the the heart of what Jimmy's Jimmy's issue is is not only like our thing's not physically working but his mental state is like he's worried about just being a virgin
0: for the rest of his life right right very very normal reasonable like you know as as silly as it sounds when you're an adult a lot of the time when you're a teenage boy and you're faced with this uh, situation, it's not that surprising that the concern is, oh no, like I'm gonna die a virgin, like I can't do this the way that I want to. Um, and it's kind of really fucking scary when you think about the fact that it's like, you know, the doctor, the doctor presents options, and they are a bit intimidating and scary when you're a kid because the options are medication, there's pumps, there's surgery. And it's like, especially after you've been through multiple surgeries because of this injury, like, I don't blame Jimmy for being like, oh, my fucking God, like, this is a fucking lot. And like, I'm just a kid and I have to think about this. Um, so I do appreciate that Jimmy is is showing this level of vulnerability. Um, and the doctor is pretty optimistic about the situation. It's still very early when they're trying to figure out, like, what's going on. Um and as the doctor points out like you know it's good that you're feeling sensation but it's inconsistent and we have to figure out like you know what will make it if possibly more consistent yeah and that's a lot to put on a teenage boy's plate
1: yeah so it's not surprising uh well he, not excuse me he's given a um he's given a prescription for viagra Mind you, we haven't seen Jimmy's parents at all this episode. No. Um, so I'm assuming he went to the pharmacy, waited for his prescription, and then met up with Ashley at his house. He took one of the pills, and the two of them are just sitting there waiting.
0: with the wrappers just out, too? like like not even like they would be fumbling to hide that shit. It's it's interesting because it's like, I feel like, again, and I've said this before, I've said this to people just, like, talking in conversation, not even, like, during, on the podcast, but also on the podcast. Like, we're hitting this really shaky territory of storytelling in Degrassi where parents aren't really around as much. And and it does kind of leave those kind of things. Like, you know, obviously, like, kids, there are kids that pick up prescriptions and, like, go to doctor's appointments alone and things like that. But it's also, like, one of those things where it's, like, I mean, you get your insurance information sent back in the mail. Like, there's codes. I get them all the time, and I look up those codes. I feel like if a parent got a bill from a a kid, they would look up the code and go, oh, this is about erectile dysfunction.
1: I mean, (laughs) as somebody who worked as a pharmacy tech, it never kind of came along as that.
0: Uh, I'm not even thinking, like, as the pharmacy tech, or you say, like, oh, I, I understand. I just, I would be too scared to do any shit, because I'd be like, my mom, especially because my mom was a pharmacist, uh, she would be like, um, what's going on?
1: Yeah, well, I think, like, I think Jamie's parents are in a place of um, privilege that they're they probably don't even, also, it's a different medical system up there.
0: That's true. It is a different medical system. I don't know if you still get claims sent to you or not. So it might just be a situation where it is a bit different. So, yeah, I think I think we look at it from a more American perspective. That's a really good point. So, like, I'm like, huh? oh, God, the claim is going to go through the mail. But maybe maybe, you know, it's just different. It's just different. Anyway,
1: that, that but, I'm just throwing this out there that like whenever I had um, a parent come in and I wasn't sure if they were so and so was on birth control. That was always a cold sweat moment.
0: Yup. Yeah
1: they were like, mom, I, need th- talked about that. "I need three prescriptions." I was like, "Oh fuck, is one on the birth control prescription?" Fuck a fuck a fuck a fuck. Like, never never had was an issue, but fuck if I wasn't always scared.
0: My mom has my mom had told me the same thing regarding that stuff. Like, it just is always like a moment of just like it's precarious. You're like, Ugh. even if it ends up fine, it's always just like there is like a moment of kind of like holding your breath.
1: Yeah. Um, so nothing's happening for Jimmy
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, Ashley once again Is just giving him solutions And he's just not Doesn't want it Can't have it um, and He like start-
0: aggressively Turns on the TV
1: <laughs> Yeah and He's like just forget it's strike two Cut to the hallway um, We see uh, Manny And Mia go to Check out who's on the um, who's on the team. Like you know, seeing seeing the final picks, and Mia is not on the team, which Manny objects to. Mm-hmm. Um, to which Darcy says, "Everyone who deserves to be on the team is there." And at the time, I didn't have a problem with this. Second watch, I have an issue. Yep, because, because, I was just like, so Darcy, is everybody on that team a pure and untouched flower? Oh. Like, has nobody gone down to the river and gotten a friendship bracelet a la Emma Nelson? Like... It, like that's my that's my issue. That like that was another one of my issues. I'm just like you don't know everyone on that team's history, and you shouldn't know everybody's team's team's history because it's not your goddamn business. It's nobody's business.
0: It's also that really weird thing that like again, I understand we're not supposed to be watching these shows for realism, but there's also like I just kind of keep whenever I watch these types of things. It's like shouldn't you have a coach? Should not there be a coach? Didn't I feel miss? A has coach to- would have an issue.
1: Didn't Miss Hasselakos at some point say to Darcy, hey, um, don't lecture me on Christianity.
0: <laughs> right, right. It's just Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's Is it true that like people will discriminate folks for this situation? Absolutely. They definitely will. I'm not denying that piece. But it's just like it's just so antagonistic and mean and it's hard when it's a case of a character who originally was not this mean. Like, she wasn't always making the right decision or the best decision, but she certainly wasn't this cruel. And it sucks when you see the character just, like, be this unrepentantly cruel.
1: In, in service of seemingly nothing.
0: Yeah. Like. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it, it's just... There's, like, really no purpose for it. And then there's also just, like, I don't know. It's just... I feel like a lot of... I I understand that some kids are just kind of assholes. And from your perspective, they are just kind of assholes. But, man, it's just... Especially when it's an ensemble piece and we have to get back to Darcy and plots. Like, give her more gray areas so that when she comes back and I have to focus on her as a character because she's the protagonist of the A-plot... I'm not, like, shitting on her constantly.
1: It would have been cool if, like, that's what she learned, was gray areas.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So, but she doesn't. She says, like, to Manny, like, my decision is fine. I'll go fuck yourself, basically. Um, Yep.
0: We go to the gym. Jimmy's coaching the girls' basketball team. Meanwhile, um, Manny comes in with Mia, and Mia's in her uniform. Um...
1: Sorry to interrupt, but yeah. like The doctor mentions um, Penis pumps in his Appointment with Jimmy mm-hmm. And we do get a bit with Toby And JT Where JT looks at like The uh, the opposing team's players goes, whoa, they're big To which to- Toby responds, size, in, size isn't Everything, JT <laughs> And JT gives him a dirty look And yeah, I, yeah. I was just like Why is this episode so focused on penises <laughs> Like
0: Because I mean, I think that it's not even a Degrassi issue. I think this is an issue in a lot of um, media in general when it comes to sex. Like, it's always about the fucking penis. Penises take up so much fucking space in discussions of sex, and I've quite frankly had it. Agreed.
1: agreed. Um.
0: <laughs> but... Hey, <like.
1: laughs> Considering I'm a 34-year-old man and I only think I have roughly a good idea of how menstruation and, like, any part of the pregnancy works, that's a problem. Somebody failed me along the line.
0: (laughs) I mean, there's that. It's just, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts about this, um, which I will try to keep PG for all of our sakes. But, like, I think a lot about how much um, the penis takes up a lot of space in, in discussions of sex in the sense of, like, there's this, like, we, have, as a society, have really emphasized, like, the idea of, like, ejaculation and everything and how everything's about ejaculation, which I guess is the issue of this episode, right? The issue is that Jimmy wants to get hard and, wa- like, you know, wants to do that when the answer to to this question is not even necessarily, oh, you have to do pumps, you have to go on pills, you have to, you know, have surgery. The answer is, is that intimacy looks different for everybody. And intimacy... Especially in the case of, like, you know, especially in, um, you know, in, in situations where your body just doesn't quite do things in the same way that other bodies do. You gotta make it work. You can have a totally fulfilling sexual, uh, you know, sexual life. It just may not look like the conventional, like, penis and vagina sex. And I think that's the thing that is missing from this conversation, throughout this episode it's it's not there's not enough discussion and not enough space being made toward that and there's a little bit toward the end but i think that it would have been really cool and really like radical and really just like progressive of the show to really say okay you know what, like, yeah, okay, I don't always, like, you know, I don't always have my, the ability to do this, so, like, what can I do that's intimate with my girlfriend, what can I do to feel fulfilled nonetheless, and it just doesn't feel like it's really there, and I think that's a failing of, like, not having enough, you know, just not having enough disability-focused, like, and, like, writers rooms. I think that's also just the the way that society kinda handles sex. I think there's a lot of reasons why this, this plot just doesn't quite reach what it needs to. Yeah. The penis takes up a lot of space. Yeah. That's my take.
1: Alright. Um so uh Mia is shows up in uniform. Darcy is against it. Mia Darcy like this becomes verbal sprawling between Verbal uh, sparring between Mia Darcy and Manny, um, and Darcy says, "How can I believe someone who's made such enormous life mistakes?" And that, like, whew.
0: it's bad. Oh and, my god! And like like Ma- the-
1: Manny Ugh. has Manny has already threatened to to for Darcy to catch hands. And I was like, that that deserves to catch hands.
0: <laughs> well it's like that and then like she has the audacity to like suggest that maybe Mia like wanted to get pregnant and how fucked up that she is that she would want that. Like it goes in a way that is like it it's pretty fucking unforgivable, quite frankly. It, it's it's going into a terrain that is really dark. Um And it's what you would expect caricature antagonists to say. Not somebody who is one of the primary... Like, one of the principal characters of this ensemble.
1: Yeah. Um, So, Mia pushes Darcy. Darcy falls into, apparently, according to this transcript, Nick. um, Mm -hmm. Nick then throws some shit at... um, Throws some, like... Terrible, like, my, Mia Jones, Degrassi's picking up all the other schools trash now. Hey, did you ever figure out who the father is? Mia slaps Nick, and this starts a huge brawl, Um which w- I think one, one of my favorite parts is that, like, some girl, like, starts fighting Mia, and Manny just, like, spear-tackles her to the ground, and you're, like, you see Manny on top of her, and, like, this isn't, like, she's not, like, hair pulling or all the other like stereotypical things of fight. you just see manny's fist draw back as she slams it into this girl's face
0: it's like uh it's like when you're watching like because i've been watching jersey shore recently it's like when when like it's like when you do have like a couple of the people that you're like oh this person actually knows how to fight like it's like that kind of of situation where it's like oh wait Oh, this isn't just shoving around and like, you know, uh, uh, like, you know, slapping kind of passively at someone's face. Oh, no, this person, act, someone's going to get knocked out, which is what happens sometimes. Like that, that was the energy of it. And I kind of appreciated the the chaos of the choreography of the fight for this one. Yeah,
1: so Jimmy holds his girls back because they want to get into the fray. Um, at some point, Toby gets knocked down and his glasses get broken um, this is a pretty major scrape uh, um, It's big
0: It's it's a big fucking uh, It's a brawl
1: JT gets shoved and then hits a kid in the, Hits Nick I think in the face With his panther mascot head um, And like We cut to the outside JT has two weeks suspension Not two weeks suspension Two weeks detention um, Nick threatens the Degrassi kids um, and I think that has something to do with a later episode, because like I me- there's like one of the YouTube episodes I've seen, the front of, like the the preview episode looks like JT getting shanked, um, and like um. Meanwhile, in the foyer, Ashley's like for not the same as losing. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, <That>
1: Jimmy's <laughs> like.
0: Fuck you. Which honestly, I I I'm usually Ashley, but now that I work in after school and I work in like with a lot of sports, like I understand Jimmy's upset. Why Jimmy's so upset?
1: Yeah, um, and he tells her to come get her stuff at his house. Um, uh, like Manny is tr- lecturing, um. Oh, Jesus Christ. Darcy... Darcy. Darcy keeps trying to take the fucking high road and is just such a shithead about it. Um, and Manny calls her out on it, rightfully so.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Mia comes back from talking to... I think she's talking to Hasselakos. She, like, yeah. passes her uniform and says that she quits. Um, and Manny's just like, well, if you quit, I quit. Like, Fuck this.
1: Like I feel like I feel like this is this would have been a good moment for goes to actually be a good principal and like drag all three girls into like individually just like talk to Darcy and be like, do you know how many lawsuits I had to deal with? So many, so many lawsuits. I am not adding another one titled Mia Jones sues the school for discrimination on top of it. Let her on the fucking team,
0: like. It is, it is a legitimate issue. Like, like, and I think that's the problem also with, I feel like, it, I understand we can't always, and we shouldn't always have this series dilute to, like, you shouldn't fucking say this because legally this is shitty, but it feels like it would be a very easy thing to go into where, like, it is a legitimate thing, right? Like, you can't discriminate people based on, like, you know, pregnancy and, and, you know, regarding that stuff. And it, it would be a pretty good, important, teachable moment of, like, not only is your prejudice uh, bullshit on a social level, but legally speaking, like, you you fucked up. Like, you can't do this. Um,
1: like, there's actually one of my favorite um, episodes of Daria is about that. Mm-hmm. Where the girls, uh, Daria and Jane, are entering this poster contest about life at the new millennium. And, um, Jane paints this picture of a beautiful girl and attaches a poem to it that mentions that the girl is bulimic. Um, and, like, they mean it as a message of just, like, you look at this girl, you think everything's happy, but she actually, like, this beauty comes at a terrible price, and that's the pressure we put on her. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing ends up with, like, um,. The school is going to post it anyway and takes it away from Jane. And, like, at the end of it, it's Dari's mom just being, like, like basically breaking down everybody's actions. and just says, have you ever heard of the term violation of civil liberties? Or or the term big, fat lawsuit? (laughs) Yeah. Because any lawyer would, like, jump at this to just get a class action lawsuit.
0: So... Yeah, No. granted this is Canada, I'm not 100% certain, but I'm going to assume there are, disc- you know, discriminatory, um, like anti-discriminatory laws against situations like this. But I think that, I don't know, I think that, I obviously I'm going to assume, I'm going to be dumb, I'm going to play dumb. You know, Mia is a character that in theory is going to be coming back. Hopefully this will talk a little bit more about the prejudices that come with this. But I do think that there is a lot of prejudice with, um, you know, teen pregnancy. uh, Especially because there has been such a push to, uh, you know, push against it. And, And I think that there is also that while it's good to advocate safe sex and it's good to advocate, you know you know, advocate for people to wait to have children, I think that the people who do end up having kids at this age are seen as failures and are seen as, you know, horrible things. And it would be nice to kind of see a little bit more of the discussion of how, of of kind of like how you should not discriminate against these people, not just because of law, not just because of lawsuits, but because it's like, you shouldn't shame somebody for that. Like, that's not something to shame them for. It's not, um, you know, it's it's a very complicated topic, which we know DeRossi doesn't do well. But there is, like, the very real discussion of, like, is this something that, you know, we want to make sure that there is resources to um, have people have sex safely? Sure, but that doesn't mean we need to make people feel like shit because they chose to have a child. And they seem to be, you know, having a pretty okay time with it. Like, Mia was fine having Isabella come.
1: Yeah, she, it was she, excited. yeah, she's re- be, she's Like a responsible parent She's like, I have my kid in daycare Like, she can afford Childcare and like do both As she said, I can do both And I just, once again Something else I realized, you know who would have been A perfect addition to this How about you bring in The activist best friend Whose mother just happened to have been A teen single mom Yeah like, just imagine, like, season two, season three, or season one, Warpath, Emma Nelson, just coming in and being like, you, you want to say shit about single moms? I will, like, I will punch right. your teeth outside the back of your head, Darcy. But you know what I'm going to do instead? I'm going to fucking make a petition.
0: <laughs> right. It's, it's I think that, yeah, it, it feels like a plot that would have done really well in earlier Degrassi. But
1: it it could have done really well now but we forgot that we turned Emma into a monster.
0: Yeah. Although I will say there was petition stuff. We'll we'll talk more about how um once we get to like the original Degrassi series, we'll talk more about how they approach Spike's pregnancy. There is there is a petition involved. But um hey, I don't like you know Degrassi's so into like, you know, callbacks and shit like that, like, you know. There's nothing wrong with going back to the well with a plotline like that.
1: Yeah. So anyway. All right,
0: Vali is now rubbing her face against my laptop. So if you hear any bonking, that's why. Hi. Hi.
1: So, let's close, so let's close this out. Like, yep. Ashley's packing up her shit. Um, Jimmy is just, like, still being all pissed off. And Ashley, it just kind of breaks down to him. Like, look, I, th- I don't understand why this is happening. Like, yeah, things haven't worked out, but we can still make this work he's like, look. And he says, I can't make love to you. And she's like, you fucking can. Like, and they're finally starting to have the conversation they need to have. Right. Um, Hi, Dahlia. Uh, <laughs> she oh, rises from <laughs> below. Um, they finally start having the conversation. And he's just like, and she says, "Um, says, like. Ashley says, says who? Who says sex has to be just one thing? Jimmy, there are a lot of ways to make love. Um, and like Jimmy says, finally, this isn't about sex. It's about all the things I, I can't... It's about why I can do all the things that I want to do. It's about I can be the man that I want to be. And Ashley says, you're the man that I want you to be, Jimmy. Isn't that enough? I'm like, fucking finally, they had the conversation.
0: <laughs> I wish this was put so much earlier in this episode. Like... If they put this so much earlier, if they began to confront this issue and, like, the nuances of this conversation, this plot would have been a, a top-tier plot. It just... It, it's almost like it needed to be two episodes.
1: Yeah. But... but it's not! Um... So, anyway, um... I forget what I gave this originally. I'm mean, gonna give it a C plus. It's okay. Could have been so much better.
0: Yeah, I think it's a lot of it's. It's very ambitious in in the grand scheme of things. It's an incredibly ambitious episode on both fronts. I don't think they do particularly great with either. I think that there are some good moments in the episode. I will give it that. I think that the Spinner and Jimmy moments are really lovely. I think that um, there is, you know. I, I like the uh, solidarity and friendship that's being form between Mia and Manny, um, but I do think that, you know, there was kind of schlocky, Degrassi moments that kind of weighed this episode down a bit.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. Um, okay, so let's bump over to character rankings. Yep. Um, uh, I'm going to give... I'm going to let... Jimmy stay where he is Um, I'm not gonna you know chastise him for the way he feels which feels perfectly reasonable Um, when they finally had the conversation um, good for like I felt happy about that Um, I felt better about Ashley when she finally stopped like trying to give solutions and just the two of them listen to each other she gets to bump up a few spots, uh, Mia gets to jump in, bump, bumping up a few spots, because I feel like she actually, like, tried to, um, it? tried to advocate for herself, um, and that's not something a lot of girls, um, get to do on the show. hmm Um, let's see. Manny gets to bump up a bunch of spots for being there for her friend um, and fucking fighting like a champ. Darcy gets to bump down a bunch of spots for being judgmental and super not nice. Uh, JT and Toby, for just being good side characters, get to bump up one or two spots. And that is it, I believe.
0: Yeah, I think that's everybody.
1: Oh, and is a cutie and she can do
0: no wrong. She's cute. She's very cute. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess we'll go now to. Oh, uh, we go up a bunch of spots because now that Mia's actress is introduced, that opens up even more things that we could watch in between seasons.
1: As what? Because
0: <laughs> we can uh, watch way more stuff now that features Degrassi actors. Now that Mia's actress is on the on the team. Oh table.
1: yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> we succeed. Um... We win. <laughs> um so let's move on to recommendations. This is where we recommend things that we're enjoying, things that are tangentially related, whatever we're really feeling like. Um I will recommend my la- like I was when I watched I think when we watched this episode originally I was like I had just finished watching Dragula Resurrection so that was my recommendation. I've recommended Dracula quite a bit on here. Um it's worth watching. Um I don't have anything too much like i don't have anything in particular right now um i'm back in the kind of uh the reality tv hole so i've been watching uh jersey shore again um which is fun to revisit honestly um a bygone era where you could uh get in somebody's face and yell at them and not have to worry about spreading you know covid um i've been watching 90 day fiance which uh is about what i thought it would be um if you are into ridiculous drama and many moments of you sitting there going like is this person just naive is this person conniving i have no fucking idea um it's worth watching um i'd say that it picks up in a couple seasons in but uh you know if you want to check it out you can Um, but that's kind of what i've been doing right now um I'm not gonna... I, I was, like, thinking, I'm like, do I want to make myself have a resolution to, like, read a book? Like, you know, 12 books this year? Or Look, it'll come... If if it happens, if it happens, if it won't, it won't. I, you know, I'm just trying to have a good time and get through to the next day.
1: Yeah, like, right now, we're still in, like, day-to-day mode. Yep. Um, though I do want to point... I do want to admit one of my... um. One of my resolutions is to read all of the Dresden Files books.
0: How many books is up?
1: Um, seventeen. But I currently own fifteen because I'm waiting for the he released like two like back to back, and I want to like buy those as paperbacks because I have everything else as paperbacks.
0: Understood. Yeah.
1: Um, but like I like the character Harry Dresden a lot because. He's not a good person, but not in the way of like a lot of other people write, which is like horribly toxic. Mm-hmm. Like he's just dumb. Like I, one sentence sums him up: It's like, um, somebody says, um, like, why do you do this? He's like, I don't know, cause I'm stupid and people are in trouble. Like, <laughs> and that, I like that sums him up. But like, so, his like, biggest it's... flaw is that he like he he's a bit like. Still da- kind of in his head Like oh there's a damsel in distress I must go to her rescue But like he's still kind of just a, a doof um, But that's not what I'm going to recommend What I'm going to recommend is Tokyo uh, cool. Midnight Diner Tokyo Stories A series on Netflix about a um, Diner That's open from 12 to 7am And it's just like Stories about the patrons and whatnot. Cool um, The first episode I watched is about, like, um, this ra- this late-night radio host, like, he realizes the person he's sitting next to used to be on a Sentai show, and he, he like, he hit, like, she was his first crush, and she's a taxi mm-hmm. driver now. And, like, um, she reveals her, like, the reason she got out of show business is because, like, she couldn't stand it anymore um like one of her um one of her co like her co-stars was trans and like they became like she's like I like I lost my crush on him but we became really good friends and to protect him I quit the show with him and we just Oh
0: shit. Okay.
1: We've just I, I was like I lost, you know, I lost my chance of being a star but I got this amazing friendship, and I wouldn't give it a, give it up for anything. And um, the radio host brings uh, her co co-star on the show, on his show, and they like talk about everything. And like the last scene is like a big reunion, and the radio host gets his own like Sentai uniform, and like they all have like dinner at the Midnight Diner together.
0: Oh, that's really lovely.
1: But, yeah, so it's just a beautifully shot, well-done show. And I think it's really worth checking out. Because one thing I'm trying to do is actually watch scripted shows again. <laughs> and it's been really hard, because I'll just be like... I'm trying. Well, I mean, like, we're, you know, everybody got to take it at their own speed. Yep. But, uh, video oh, yeah. Video games-wise, uh, I want to recommend... Um, you know, I'm going to recommend Overcooked. It's a super cute game where your little chef... Who cuts up food and prepares it.
0: My supervisor loves that game. It
1: it's is like, very stressful. It. But it's super fun.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Frank, I think this means that you've made it through again.
1: <laughs> woo! I'm going to make sure I save this this time. Woo!
0: Yeah, woo! Anyway.
1: Never again. <laughs> yeah.
0: If you want to continue the conversation with us, there's a couple ways that you can do that. You can email us at ihopod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on social media. We have a Facebook group at I Hope I Can Make It Through Podcast. And we also have our Twitter account at I Hope Pod. Uh, feel free to at us, send us any questions. Um, if you want to appear on the show, um, we would love to have you. We are still pretty early in season six. Um, so feel free to reach out to us. Of course, if you have some episodes that are way down the line, uh, feel free to email us as well. We'll just keep in touch and let you know once we're going to record that. Um if you want to support the show, the best way you can do it is leave a rating and or review. Um, thank you very much everyone who has done so. We really appreciate it um, and feel free to join in. Once we hit certain amounts of reviews, we will give you bonus content. So if you are interested in some of the bonus content, which includes extra episodes, it includes us writing fanfic, it includes like a whole bunch of stuff, uh, feel free to leave us ratings and reviews so that we can provide it to you. Um, Of course, as always, thank you very much, everybody who takes the time to recommend us, who takes the time to rate us, who takes the time to um, do anything regarding us. Uh, It really, really means a lot. Um, We are very happy doing the show as just because it gives us time to hang out. The fact that people actually interact with us, actually ask us questions, actually want to even explain some things to us, especially when we misunderstand some things about Canadian uh, anything, uh, we really appreciate it and we really appreciate you. Um, If you want to talk to me, there's two places you could probably do it. You can talk to me on Twitter at DM is Unbreakable. It's a fandom Twitter. It's a writing Twitter. It's a podcast Twitter. If you want me to talk to you about Degrassi, just send me something about Degrassi. I'm always up to talk about it. Um, But if you're interested in Fire Emblem Three Houses or Hades or um, you want to check out some of my original writing, you can. Um, I write for Palm Mag. I have some articles up there that you can check out, and I post all my other things and zines and stuff on there as well. Um, if you want to check out my drag slash makeup uh, Instagram, you can follow that at Carmela tafani that's Carmela with two L's, uh, where I put looks and lip syncs and whatever the fuck I feel like putting up. Also, more nicely filtered cat pics, and who doesn't love that? Um, so you can check me out on those two platforms.
1: I'll put those links in the description. Um, uh, I have another podcast called Teen Girl Talk, where I review other teen media of my sister. I don't know when this is going to go up. I think probably in my birthday month. Mm-hmm. So you can go there to check out some of the movies I get to pick for the podcast. Uh, at least one of them is going to be the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie.
0: That feels um, right. Oh, well, is that the one where you can see the human teeth through the the... Special effects team. Sometimes. Yes.
1: It, it still holds up. <laughs> but yeah, so there's a bunch of nonsense over there too.
0: Well, we've made it through our, uh, our deleted episodes. And uh, I'm really happy about that. I'm happy to keep going in season six. Um, and we hope we can keep making it through and that you're going to be there with us. See you next week. Later. Bye.